I am sorry I cannot allow you to return the message, but your queen is too much under the influence of her ambitious former thief. He has stolen Atolia's throne and has tried to steal yours. She is very foolish if she does not realize how vulnerable she is, but fortunate that she may have you to protect her from her folly, eh? He was still watching me, looking for some sign that there might be a message in the text. But I am an idiot, and all that showed on my face, I am sure, was that I wanted to kill him. Himber writes, Welcome, blameless servants and guardsmen. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's December 27th, 2020. Today we're talking about Conspiracy of Kings chapter 18, which is a chapter where not much happens, but it's still pretty fun. There's a lot to think about. But first we have some news that you have probably already heard. Oh my god. Uh, the thief is, as of a few days ago, uh, or last week, I guess, by the 27th, getting optioned by Disney+. Plus. I forgot, and then I keep forgetting and then remembering. <laughs> I'm like going about my business doing things during the day <laughs> and then it hits again it hits me <laughs> first of all i think we need to say that this would mean hopefully does mean that megan Wellen turner is going to or has already made a boatload of money more Yay! money which is the good news yes good for her yes so regardless of how any of it turns out i guess that makes it worth it it's my See, that's our official stance. <laughs> it's the Atolian Archives official statement. Unofficially, I am feeling pure terror. Pure, pure terror. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be for ages. There's so much between now and that actually being beamed into our eyeballs. If it is beamed into our eyeballs, yeah, it might not even end up happening. But ugh. My heart's just, my heart is on a toothpick. I don't want to give it to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it have to be Disney? They do, they do have the budget, so, well, that's one thing. Mm. But, I mean, I've always thought that these books were just not adaptable. Because what age group is it going to be for? Blythe pointed out that it would, well, something that would work well would be if the thief as a movie or whatever would be adapted for like 12 year old and then they do something different for the rest of the series as like a, a a tv thing or whatever with a darker tone for older people that would work but that seems not commercially like a good move yeah i don't think they would ever do it but i would be satisfied <laughs> that's the ideal the ideal scenario my main thing is like if they're only optioning the thief which is all we know at this point uh, that's obviously pre-handing, pre-de-handing, mm -hmm. so they would have no text reason to hire an amputee actor. But you can't, you can't put the series on screen without an amputee actor and do it the right way, in my opinion. So, yeah. I mean, they they could always recast him mm -hmm. and have yeah. him more of an age up. Yeah, um, time lapse. Yeah. That would be good. Because the series, like, to me personally, the message of one of, like, the the premise of the series, like, that enables it to be here is, like, disabled people deserve to be at the center of the narrative. 
Like, I'm not saying that's the central message necessarily, but if Megan wasn't writing with that idea, we would not have Queen of Julia through the rest of the series. Yeah, you're so, absolutely like, right. And she's talked about that as something that was yeah. really important to her. Yeah. So, like, I feel just for the rest of the books, if they were to adapt them without an NPG after, that would just be going against what makes the series so valuable to me. I feel foreboding. <laughs> Who knows? We still have the books. Exactly. They're not going to go away. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how much parts of it, or maybe even most of it, could suck, there would probably be good things about it, too. Yeah, and I mean, adapting it for television is a great opportunity, because there's so much stuff in the books that when we find out that it's happening, we find out that it's been happening this whole time, right? So there are a lot of opportunities for things that they can show that we did not see in the books. Mm. Tattoos. Tattoos. <laughs> and like, um, Talaeus and Relius, you could introduce that earlier. Mm-hmm. And have it be something that, that the audience can see that maybe other characters don't know about. Oh my god, yeah. If they if they adapt... Okay, again, Return of the Thief, spoiler, but probably everyone's read it. If they adapt the whole series, they're going to have to put gay people on screen. Have to Dis put Disney gay Plus. people on screen. Way to trick them into it, Megan. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get out of it. <gasps> okay. Watch them, All watch right, them that's not another do problem. it now that I've said that. I know. <laughs> watch it be absolutely wishful thinking on our part. Yeah. They would... They could take... Kamet and Costas is... Yeah, like, they can weasel their way out of Kamet uh, and Costas, and they can cut out all the background gay people. But you can't, you cannot get out of Talaeus and Relius. If you are going to include those characters, I will go to Florida and I will strangle the mouse myself. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Years from now. Yeah. And again, we don't oh. know if they're doing anything beyond the thief. Yeah, they might not. Specifically the thief. As far as the, the news has gone. Anyway. All right. The chapter. The chapter. <laughs> today's chapter. Something I think is really interesting in this chapter is how, like, the lengths to which Akritanesh goes to pretending that Sophos is a an honored guest and not a prisoner. Um... I was assured over and over that I was no prisoner but an honored guest. They maintained the polite fiction that I was not a prisoner. We all mouthed our parts in the play before they went into dinner. I think that that holding a king prisoner is an act of aggression, right? Yeah. Like, they can't be seen to be doing that. Even if everybody knows that it's what they're actually doing, everybody has to maintain the fiction that that's not what's but happening. But, like... Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess if you're a Sunnisian baron, you'd have to pretend that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening, so that would clear the rest of them. Okay, that does make more sense, because I was just thinking of it in terms of, like, why pretend this just to Sophos' face? I wasn't thinking of it more than just the two of them, but that yeah. does make sense. Okay. Because I think, like, if they were openly saying we have the king of Sunus and he is our prisoner, that Sunus could then go to the continent and be like, hey, this is an act of war, but he definitely is a prisoner. Mm -hmm. And he's not happy about it. 
Uh, he's very cranky, but he uh, tries to not take it out on the servants and the guardsmen. He says, I couldn't blame them for my captivity. I tried to thank them honestly for their services. And he he says right after that, I know that it may be wishful thinking or arrogance on my part to think so, but over time, they seemed genuinely well disposed to me. And Nominus made it clear that the business of kings was not his business. It was a fine line between sympathy and pity that he walked, and I was gradually won over by his kindnesses. So we know the deal with Nominus, obviously, but what do you think about the other servants? Like, do you think... Sophos really is just deluding himself? Or? No, I think Sophos is a likable guy. And I think that they have no reason to have negative feelings yeah. towards him, right? Like, this politics isn't what they're thinking about. He's just a guy who's in the house. Like, I think that, I think that Sophos, if we think back to when he was living as a slave and he made the assumption that, like, you live in this baron's household, you must be loyal to this baron and then willing to fight for him. And all the guys are like, no, like, we just, we we truly just work here, dude. And I think that he's, he's internalized that. And now he's realized that uh, underneath all of this are, are people who are just living their lives. Yeah. So this reads as more of a, like, acknowledgement that they are just people. Whereas he started yeah. out the book, you know, just assuming that the servants on his estate wouldn't mind, like, dying for him. And he knows, like, he he doesn't assume that they're gonna, he knows he has to, to earn their respect. Something a little bit related. Uh, he's allowed to ride out from the house as long as he has someone from uh, the guard with him. Which I thought was interesting. Because he says someone specifically, not like 10 guards to stop me from escaping. So I'm just kind of thinking, like, I know he has reasons not to jump the gun. And he needs to leave with Akrotanesh to get it all to work out. But, like, it wouldn't have been that hard to kill one guy and then escape, would it? You know? I guess the idea is that if he does that, then they go after him and they, they bring him back, you know? I feel like some of the freedom that he has is almost... um like mocking yeah just like how in the last chapter he handed his sword over and they just gave the sword back yeah like they like you're not he, gonna be he able could to do escape with but it. he knows it's useless and they know that he knows that and yeah. he knows that they know that he knows because even if he were to get whatever all the way back to his troops it wouldn't change the fact that he needs the baron's approval yeah he'd just be and back there in akrakanesh's pockets or whatever we get a lot about the Mead attitude towards women in this chapter, and I'm interested in it because it's always presented as if it is notable, mm -hmm. as if it is something that is specifically Mead. But the people on the Little Peninsula are also sexist. They don't have that much of a better track record. Yeah. And like, it, our protagonists do, but, like, the society as a whole not doesn't seem to. <laughs> and, like, uh, Atolia has people's respect because she fought an uphill battle to get to this point. And the Medes come in, and they're not aware of that 
context. And so they make the same assumptions about her that the people in her own country made when she started. But it still feels like we're getting this... The Medes believe themselves to be superior, but are also in certain ways more backward. And I... That feels... It... 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 Yeah. Mm, it feels racialized. Because even if, like, a lot of the time we talk like, oh, like, it's just nobody is white in these books. But the the people from the Little Peninsula are European-coded, for want of a better phrase. Um, and the Medes are, there's always a danger of them being, like, the, the scary foreign people. But also, once again... We only the only Medes that we see are these specific guys who are all men. They're from a specific social class. They're doing a specific job with a specific agenda. And that agenda is hegemony. <laughs> yeah. So like what do we know at the end of the day about the culture? Yeah, not really not really I don't know, not really that much. Sophos does make a few what seem to be generalizations uh, says they're very conventional thinkers, so sure of themselves that they never even entertain anyone else's opinions. I do believe Akrotanesh saw no difference between a woman who was queen and one who was a seamstress. He says he understands better now how the queen of Atolia was able to lead her own ambassador by the nose, mm. implying that like this is just their cultural mindset in general. That's... I don't know. But it's also, like, the... Clean up your own house, Sophos. <laughs> mm. Remembering Jen's suggestion that it is better if you believe what you want other people to believe, which is the thing that we've been talking about, about using your real emotion to misdirect people. What else is going on in this chapter? Oh, oh, the secret sexting. We didn't even talk about the secret sexting. <laughs> Helen sends Sophos a letter um, where she talks about how she wishes he was here and she describes vividly their future marriage bed and says she's waiting for him under a flowering apricot tree. Um, and Akratnish won't let him read it, but he describes what she has said. Um, and from that, it takes him like a while, but eventually it dings that Maybe she's trying to tell him that they've already rescued his mother and sisters. He finally yeah. got some good news. And that's able to get through because he says, oh, you know, it's just a silly thing that a, a woman would write. And I guess it's also useful that he concludes after that that even if they are still in the house, he can't do anything about it. So he might as well go on with the plan. Yeah. He's practicing with the handgun. Eyes emoji. It's interesting... That he points out um, at the beginning of the chapter, after a few weeks of of being here, he's well practiced at controlling his frustrations and dealing with his first tutor, who was also an asshole, was a good prep for dealing with the Medes. And I feel like this is really just leading towards, you know, a king's job is talking and not losing your temper with people you hate. <laughs> so, like, even though this really Which was Janice, not a fun time. 
Jen is that's not his strong so suit. So bad at <laughs> that Sophos is still gonna benefit from this ultimately, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, Baron Hanactos shows up. And yeah. um Sophos says uh, yeah, he said, I didn't bring that here so you could deliver it. And Sophos says, oh, why did you bring it? I asked harshly, and the Baron flushed. I almost smiled at his discomfort. No doubt I looked like a clod, putting on pretensions to cover my impotence, but the Baron bowed and apologized. He just did a great zinger and made the guy uncomfortable. And he's still thinking, oh, but I probably looked like a fool. <laughs> You are king. My buddy. My guy. It would be easier to, to you know, to feel self-doubt in an environment when, you know, you're not the one really in charge. Though. But, you know, this is his own personal demon. <laughs> and Hanaktos and Agretnish have some sort of secret tension. You will not put me aside, said Hanaktos. I assure you that nothing has changed, said Agrechnesh. Uh, Sophos hummed the chorus's opening song from Prolomelius's City of Reason. I think it's it's really interesting how um, Sophos loves the theater. And he's he's thinking of a lot of this as unfolding like a play and everybody playing parts. And he's constantly, like, he's beset by anxiety about his own performance, just in every context. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is scattered with little mentions of other works of literature or plays. He says, like, oh, this one historian was talking about being underestimated by the enemy, and he read someone's book or opera or whatever, Lamentations, mm-hmm. to give him some perspective. So I think we've pointed out before how he really uses story as a vehicle for understanding his own life Mm -hmm. which just kind of makes it more surprising that he gives such weight to his self-doubt instead of thinking well i was gonna say instead of thinking how he must appear to other people but he he just assumes he appears badly to other people when he doesn't really but it helps him because people can tell that he has that worry and so then they write him off as being less dangerous than he is like Sophos, his lack of awareness of his own ability means that he surprises both himself and others Chapter 18. Next time, Sophos argues himself hoarse. Send us your comments, questions, thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. 
I feel bad. Somebody somebody sent us a message about how they liked that we said blessed, and then I overthought it, and then I started saying blessed, and now it comes out different every time. Whoops. Be blessed in your endeavors. Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur embroidery production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available.